Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast for February 5th, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. Mike Gill has died five days after being shot during a carjacking in Washington, D.C. The former chief of staff to former CFTC chairman Chris Giancarlo was waiting to pick up his wife on K Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. on January 29th at 5.45 p.m. when a man entered his vehicle and shot him. The man, 10 minutes later, shot and killed another man and stole his car after having tried to carjack another car 10 minutes earlier. The shooter was later shot and killed by police who described him as having a criminal record and experiencing a mental breakdown. This incident is reported here by the New York Post, the Daily Mail, and the Washington Post. More important than how Mike died was how he lived. Mike's good friend and CFTC colleague Chris Giancarlo issued a statement on February 3rd titled, Statement of Former CFTC Chairman J. Christopher Giancarlo on the death of Mike Gill that spoke about how he lived. I share with you the closing paragraph from the former Chairman Giancarlo's statement. Mike Gill was one of the most wonderful, honest, earnest, and open-hearted persons on this earth. His life reflected everything that is good and right and true. Words cannot express the tragedy of the loss of this fine man, colleague, and cherished friend. He will be sorely missed and long remembered. I came to know Mike during his time as Chief of Staff to Chris, and there is nothing in Chris's statement I would disagree with. Mike was all of that and more. Condolences from the JLN team to his family, friends, and colleagues. On Friday, Meta Platforms, Inc., Meta, surged $80.21 per share, up 20.32% on the day at $474.99, setting a record for a $197 billion gain on the day. However, Meta was not the biggest percentage gainer on the day, despite its big jump. The largest percentage gainer on the day Friday was Nexon Company Limited, a company engaged in the production, development, and operation of online games and virtual worlds. Nexoi was listed on the Tokyo Stock Exchange in December 2011 and placed on the JPX 400 in 2015. It was added to the Nikkei 300 in 2017 and in 2020 was added to the Nikkei 225. The falling Chinese stock market has Chinese citizens concerned to the point that they are expressing their economic and stock market frustrations by inundating the U.S. Embassy's social media account in Beijing with unrelated comments and reposts, particularly on a post about protecting wild giraffes. There were 130,000 comments and 15,000 posts by Sunday, Reuters reported. Meanwhile, Bloomberg reports a Chinese academic had called for a $1.4 trillion stock stabilization fund. 
Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE, reported its January 2024 volume and open interest, and it was impressive. Highlights included a 30% year-over-year increase in total average daily volume, ADV, with record options trading at 1.6 million lots and a 20% year-over-year rise in open interest, OI reaching a record OI of 87.3 million lots on January 25th. Energy trading experienced remarkable growth with a 33% year-over-year increase in ADV and a 22% year-over-year surge in OI, including a record OI of 56.3 million lots on January 25th. Other notable increases were observed in natural gas financials, and interest rates trading. Additionally, record figures were achieved in Cocoa and Sonia trading. SIBO's LiveVol tutorial video series helps SIBO LiveVol set the standard in U.S. options analytics, SIBO says. Former CBOT member and director Harold Lavender has been given the Erna S. Ferguson Award, which recognizes exceptional accomplishments and or commitment or distinguished service to the University of New Mexico. University of Illinois agricultural economist Scott Irwin published a second book last year, Speculation by Commodity Index Funds, The Impact on Food and Energy Prices. This book is the academic research companion to his better-known book, Back to the Futures, also published last year. The February edition of Focus from the World Federation of Exchanges, WFE, spotlights BME CEO Javier Hernani, who offers insights into the upcoming WFE Clear Convention occurring in Madrid, Spain, March 19th to 21st, 2024. In addition, Stefan Dorian, CBOE Head of Market Data and Access Services for Europe, and Juan Manuel Olivia Torado, BM. V's Promotion and Issuers Director, reflect on what they learned from the WFE's Market Infrastructure Certificate. Also, Exbury CEO Guy Malamed discusses the long-awaited tipping point in the transformation of market infrastructure, the next step in the evolution of financial exchanges and associated systems. There's more to learn in the February issue of WFE Focus with a link in today's newsletter. Our most read stories from our previous edition of Jetland Options were Hedge funds are making big bets on these 20 companies in a stock picker's paradise, even though they're skeptical about the market surge to record highs from Business Insider. OCC January 2024 monthly volume data from OCC. Traders play defense in regional bank ETFs options as shares sink from Reuters. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. Here's a video. FIA Tech CEO Nick Salinger discusses partnership with eClerks to boost trade data network and launch of Help Desk. In a video interview with John Lothian News, FIA Tech CEO Nick Salinger discussed 
the recently announced partnership with eClerks to enhance its trade data network, TDN, and the launch of a collaborative help desk. You can watch this video on johnlothianews.com. Here's a story from CNN. The headline, Finance worker pays out $25 million after video call with deep fake cheap financial officer. A finance worker at a multinational firm was tricked into paying out $25 million to fraudsters using deepfake technology to pose as the company's chief financial officer in a video conference call, according to Hong Kong police. The elaborate scam saw the worker duped into attending a video call with what he thought were several other members of staff, but all of whom were in fact deepfake recreations. Hong Kong police said at a briefing on Friday. My comment. Do you have a safe word so people know what's you? Here's a story from New City. The headline, Trading Up, How and Why a Team of International Artists Took Control of the Last Pit at the Chicago Board of Trade. A beautiful Monday morning in late August and the financial district around the Chicago Board of Trade building is a ghost town, like something out of a post-apocalyptic zombie movie or perhaps just peak COVID shutdown in Chicago. The infrastructure is present, security guards are at their stations, the coffee shop is open, but I see only a total of three traders in their signature colorful shirt jackets with identification badges on their chests in my entire time walking around. This area used to swarm like an ant colony in a rainbow with traders in all their bright jackets and colorful swagger. But that swagger and color has all gone gray. The landmark Chicago Board of Trade building, a bedrock colossus that anchors LaSalle Street with its majestic statue of Ceres standing sentry 45 stories over a financial district where Bentley's once one-upped Porsches is being reimagined, perhaps even as a low-income housing area. The streets around it are filled with eye-level vacancy signs, though some nearby businesses that have catered to a less well-heeled crowd for more than a half century, like Bonavino Restaurante and Pizzeria, Skyride Tap, and Americana Submarine seem poised to last forever. My comment. For years, there were plenty of drunk traders and brokers sleeping it off underneath their desks, so I guess this is not much of a change in some ways. Here are the top three stories from Friday's JLN. Our most clicked item on Friday was Nicole Oskin's announcement on LinkedIn that she accepted a role as director of FinOps at the CME Group. Second was a tie between the mystery of the $400 million FTX heist may have been solved from Wired and LME Clearinghouse reshuffles management from Reuters. Third was oil profits keep flowing for Exxon and Chevron from the Wall Street Journal. Here are the top three stories from the lead section of today's JLN. The first story is from The Telegraph. The headline is, Big Tech is about to change the stock market forever. Transformation of industry giants may be a watershed moment for global markets. 
the huge dividends announced last week by Meta, the company that controls Facebook and WhatsApp, will pay for a lot of hoodies and will at least spin out enough cash to keep Sir Nick Clegg from contemplating a return to British politics. They will generate as much as $700 million, that's 550 million pounds annually for its founder, Mark Zuckerberg, and plenty for the rest of his senior team. But it marks something far more significant than that. This is the moment when big tech starts its transformation into big cash. Over the next few years, all the giants of the internet will start to rival the oil and pharmaceutical conglomerates for the vast sums they generate for their shareholders. And all that cash will start to transform how the stock market works as well. Here's another story, this one from Fox News. Former Trump official Mike Gill dies after being shot during Washington, D.C. carjacking incident. Former President Trump administration member Mike Gill recently died from injuries he sustained after he was carjacked in Washington, D.C., Fox News has learned. Gill, who served as chief of staff at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, was sitting in his vehicle on Monday night when a suspect entered his car and shot him. The incident happened in the 900 block of K Street, Northwest, at around 5.45 p.m. Here's another story, this one from the Financial Times. The headline, Ethiopia Food Crisis Threatens Humanitarian Catastrophe. UK Development Minister says 3 million people face acute food shortage because of drought and civil war. Ethiopia is sliding into a humanitarian catastrophe with more than 3 million people facing acute hunger in the north of the country, the UK government has said in a warning that will invite comparisons with the 1984 famine in which half a million Ethiopians starved to death. Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast for February 6, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. In celebration of Black History Month, FIA President and CEO Walt Lucan engaged in a meaningful conversation on the Market Voice podcast with Jamal Cole, the founder and CEO of My Block, My Hood, My City. This inspiring interview sheds light on Cole's personal journey and the admirable mission of his nonprofit organization, which is dedicated to inspiring youth, empowering community, and fostering positive change one block at a time. Over the past decade, Cole has worked tirelessly to remove barriers for young individuals in under-resourced Chicago neighborhoods, focusing on enhancing youth programming and promoting educational achievement. You can listen to the full episode with a link in today's newsletter. It's also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. The CME Group, which bills itself as the world's top derivatives marketplace, reported record-breaking January 2024 activity, 
with an overall average daily volume, ADV, of 25.2 million contracts, marking a 16% increase compared to January 2023. This milestone was driven by soaring interest rate ADV, particularly in the SOFR complex and U.S. Treasury futures, which experienced 27% growth. Additionally, the company achieved record January options ADV of 6.1 million contracts, a 26% rise. Various other asset classes, including equity index, energy, agricultural, foreign exchange, and metals also recorded double-digit ADV growth during the month. Today, we published a video I shot back in late December with retired industry analyst Richard Repetto, who at the time was being honored by the charity Tuesday's Children. The video is part of the John Lothian Profiles series, which looks at individuals' careers. Given Repetto's career analyzing electronic trading firms, this could easily have fallen into the Path to Electronic Trading video series. His is a unique perspective as the premier industry analyst examining the electronic trading trend starting in 1999. King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer, the Financial Times reported. This diagnosis comes after he was recently treated for an enlarged prostate. When I was tested for prostate cancer, I underwent a bone scan which looked for cancer across my body. I assume Charles underwent one as well. I was lucky to find my prostate cancer because of other health issues. Likewise, Charles is lucky to have found his cancer due to his prostate treatments. I wish him the best of health with his treatments. Here is another example for men to stay in tune with their prostate health. Bloomberg reports Jack Dorsey's Blue Sky opens up social network to everyone. While Twitter has continued to decline since Mr. Dorsey launched his new social network, the real winner seems to be LinkedIn, which has seen an explosion of corporate news on its site. I wonder if the moment has passed for Mr. Dorsey and whether the whole concept of decentralization is wrong in the first place. I saw for myself how the internet became more powerful when its decentralized information bits were centralized. The latest new member of the FIA is the Columbia Research Corporation. The Columbia Research Corp provides fact-finding, due diligence, and investigative services to law firms, business trade associations, private equity funds, and other clients in the areas of financial fraud, greenwashing, carbon offsets, sustainable finance, and cross-border environmental issues. It's Principal Daniel Seligman is an attorney at law and certified fraud examiner and has served as an NFA arbiter. Ted Bragg is starting a new position as head of U.S. trading at FNZ Group. He previously served as vice president of fixed income at NASDAQ and senior vice president at ICAP, among other roles. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were... Options trading is going gangbusters. The market now has a data superhighway to match from the Wall Street Journal. Intercontinental Exchange reports 2024 statistics from Intercontinental Exchange. And China tightens some trading restrictions for domestic and offshore investors from 
Bloomberg via Yahoo Finance. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. Here's our video I mentioned earlier. Richard Petto reflects on a research career analyzing electronic trading. John Lothian News recently interviewed the recently retired Piper Sandler Managing Director Richard Petto for the John Lothian Profiles video series. The interview coincided with Repetto's recognition by the charity Tuesday's Children. Repetto shared insights from his career journey in the financial industry, which started rather late. Repetto began work on a Wharton MBA at age 36 after graduating from West Point and serving in the U.S. Army as a helicopter pilot for five years. At Wharton, he took every finance course so he could catch up, he said. You can watch this video on johnlothiannews.com. Here's a statement from the CFTC. CFTC statement regarding the passing of former Chief of Staff Mike Gill. The CFTC community is deeply saddened by the sudden passing of former Chief of Staff Michael Mike Gill. Commodity Futures Trading Commission Chairman Rostam Benham issued the following statement on behalf of the Commission regarding the passing of former Chief Operating Officer and Chief of Staff Mike Gill. Quote, the CFTC community is deeply saddened to hear of the passing of friend and former colleague Mike Gill. With his genuinely affable demeanor and respect for the work of the Commission and its people, Mike facilitated a true sense of camaraderie in effectively negotiating some of the most complex issues and seemingly unresolvable conflicts of our time. Mike's ability to connect with agency stakeholders at all levels, ensuring their interests received appropriate attention and consideration within the CFTC and in the larger financial regulatory space, helped fortify his and the agency's reputation as an engaged, thoughtful, and forward-thinking regulator. Mike demonstrated a passionate pursuit of equity and a commitment to public service throughout his professional career which he mirrored in his private life as a devoted husband, father, and friend. His presence and continued support of our mission and core values will be greatly missed. My comment. This statement came out shortly after yesterday's newsletter went out. Here's a statement from SIFMA published on Monte Visione. SIFMA fixed income market close recommendation in the U.S. and U.K. and Japan for President's Day. SIFMA has confirmed its previous recommendation for a full market close on Monday, February 19th for the trading of U.S. dollar-denominated fixed income securities in the U.S., the U.K., and Japan in observance of the U.S. President's Day holiday. This recommendation applies to trading of U.S. dollar-denominated government securities, mortgage and asset-backed securities, over-the-counter investment grade, and high-yield corporate bonds, municipal bonds, and secondary money market trading in bankers' acceptance, commercial paper, and Yankee and Euro certificates of deposit. My comment. Thank you, Abe and George. Here are the top three stories from Monday's JLN. 
Our top story Monday was Bloomberg's Reddit picks New York Stock Exchange for IPO in win over NASDAQ. Second was Intercontinental Exchange reports January 2024 statistics and ICE press release. Third was Musk took drugs with some Tesla board members, Wall Street Journal says, from Bloomberg. Here are the top three stories from the lead section of today's JLN. The first is a story from Bloomberg. The headline, Wall Street snubs China for India in historic markets shift. Investors are paying close attention to the contrasting trajectories of two of Asia's greatest powers. A momentous shift is underway in global markets as investors pull billions of dollars from China's sputtering economy two decades after betting on the country as the world's biggest growth story. Much of that cash is now heading for India, with Wall Street giants like Goldman Sachs Inc. and Morgan Stanley endorsing the South Asian nation as the prime investment destination for the next decade. Here's a story from the Financial Times. The headline, ADM's accounting procedures probed by U.S. prosecutors. Justice Department interviews former staff of agricultural commodities trader amid scrutiny of nutrition business. U.S. prosecutors are investigating accounting procedures at Archer Daniel Midlands, the global agricultural commodities trader that placed its chief financial officer on leave last month pending its own internal probe. Chicago-based ADM is one of the world's largest traders and processors of grains and oilseeds, crops. It transforms into food ingredients, animal feed, and fuel. It's one of the ABCD companies, along with Bungie Cargill and Louis Dreyfus that are estimated to handle more than 70% of global food trade. And then finally, here's a story from the Wall Street Journal. The headline, America's biggest bank is growing the old-fashioned way, branches. Banking has gone digital, but J.P. Morgan is building bricks-and-mortar branches. J.P. Morgan Chase is giving the humble bank branch some swagger. Hundreds of branches at rival banks are being closed each year, and customers are shunning the teller and choosing the mobile app. But at the nation's biggest bank, old-fashioned bricks-and-mortar locations are part of the secret sauce. The Bank Tuesday is expected to announce plans to double down, continuing a years-long strategy. J.P. Morgan plans to build 500 new branches in the next three years, filling out cities it has recently entered, such as Boston, Philadelphia, and Charlotte, North Carolina. For context, only 17 banks have more than 500 branches today. J.P. Morgan has close to 5,000. Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update Podcast for February 7th, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News, the home of MarketsWiki and MarketsWiki Education. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. I am big enough. I trade enough. And gosh darn it, the SEC wants to regulate me. Yep, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission finally came out with the new rules for oversight of hedge funds and high-speed traders of a certain size participating in the U.S. government bond markets and stock market. At the center of the new rules, which include capital requirements, registration of activities, and activity reporting, is what is the definition of a dealer. 
The SEC said in a press release that it has adopted rules to include certain significant market participants as dealers or government securities dealers. Research cited by the SEC indicates that unregistered market participants behaving like dealers made up approximately half of the daily treasury trading activity across electronic platforms in recent years, the Wall Street Journal reported. Overall, analysis revealed that the new dealer rule could potentially affect up to 43 firms. However, those overseeing assets of less than $50 million would be exempt from compliance. CME Group said it will launch U.S. corporate bond index features in summer of 2024, expanding its interest rate complex to provide market participants with tools for managing growing credit exposure pending regulatory review. I received a letter in the mail from a company I had never heard of before, Keenan & Associates, The letter explains that it is an insurance brokerage company that provides insurance-related risk management and claims services throughout California and to clients across the country. They wrote because they experienced a cybersecurity incident on some Keenan network servers and that data obtained from Keenan servers included my date of birth, social security number, passport number, driver's license number, health insurance information, and general health information. Wow. Now, what's interesting to me is that I don't ever remember giving my passport number to any health care provider, so I'm wondering how Keenan and Associates came across that information, or if the Keenan client was the U.S. government who has access to my passport number. Then why would the government want or need my general health information? The letter also includes a free 24-month subscription to Experience Identity Works Credit 1B product that helps protect the possible misuse of my personal information. Maybe the whole thing is a come on for selling identity theft protection. Who knows? But I guess I will sign up. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were Eurex launches mid-curve options on Eurostoxx 50 index dividend futures from FX News Group. We're heading for new cryptocurrency crisis, predicts Wall Street veteran from the Daily Mail. SEC forces hedge funds, high-frequency traders to register in latest showdown with industry from MarketWatch. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. We have episode 6 of Futures Discovery. Futures Discovery, Regulation, and Do You Need to be Registered? Today we're diving headfirst into a crucial topic that affects every trader's journey into the world of futures trading. Regulation and Do You Need to be Registered? Buckle up as we unravel the intricate web of rules and regulations that shape the landscape of the futures market. You can watch this video on johnlothiannews.com. Decline of the star stock picker. Investors pull $150 billion from equity hedge funds. Clients tire of managers' poor returns in bull and bear markets. Equity long-short funds have underperformed the U.S. stock market in nine out of the last ten markets. 
One of the oldest and best-known hedge fund strategies has suffered nearly $150 billion in client withdrawals over the past five years. As investors tire of their inability to capitalize on bull markets or protect them during downturns, so-called equity long-short funds, which try to buy stocks to do well and bet against names set to perform poorly, have underperformed the U.S. stock market in nine out of the past 10 years, according to NASDAQ eVestment, after failing to adapt to markets largely dominated by central banks. My comment. The long and short of this is eeny, meeny, miny, mo is not working as well anymore. Here's another story. This one is from the Financial Times as well. The headline, New York Community Bank seeks to reassure investors after Moody's downgrade. Regional Bank promotes former Flagstar chief to executive role after rating cut to junk. U.S. regional lender New York Community Bank Corp. has sought to reassure investors that it is still taking in new deposits after a week in which it saw its share price has more than halved and it was downgraded to junk status by Moody's. The bank also announced that Alessandro Dinello, the former chief executive of Flagstar Bank, which NYCB bought in 2022, would take on an executive role. My comment, remain calm, all is well. Here's another story, this one from the Financial Times as well. The headline, Meme Lord Lit Quiddity Reveals His True Identity. Banker whose satirical alter ego gained cult-like following on Wall Street talks exclusively to the Financial Times. Being friends with Hank Medina is a dangerous game. Better known by his pen name, Lit Quiddity, he is always quietly looking for content, and even your attire could turn you into a viral meme. People who know him say Medina is the last person you would expect to be the thin meme lord who has built a following of 800,000 followers on Instagram. He is soft-spoken, polite, the opposite of his Patrick Bateman meets enthusiastic junior analyst alter ego. My comment, good thing the identity of meme lord Loquacious has not been discovered yet. I am still safe. Oops. Here are the top three stories from Tuesday's JLN. Our most click item Tuesday was Intercontinental Exchange reports January 2024 statistics from the Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE. Second was our Markets Wiki page for Jamal Cole, the founder of My Block, My Hood, My City. Third was SIBO Global Markets reports trading volume for January 2024 from SIBO Global Markets. Here are the top four stories from the lead section of today's JLN. The first story is from Bloomberg. The headline is, SEC increases oversight for hedge funds, high-speed traders. Traders and funds have warned that the cost of new rules could lead them to pull back from key markets. Wall Street's top regulator extended its authority into new corners of the financial industry on Tuesday, adopting rules targeting firms that are among the most active buyers and sellers of U.S. government bonds and stocks. The Securities and Exchange Commission will now require dozens of firms, including high-speed traders and hedge funds, to face new capital requirements, register their activities, and report more information on their transactions. 
The changes resulted from the SEC's 3-2 vote to broaden its definition of what it considers to be a securities dealer. The next story is from the Financial Times. The headline, Brussels agrees new rules to shift derivatives clearing from London. EU-based traders required to send minimum amount of swaps contracts through active accounts. Brussels has agreed rules that will force derivatives traders to funnel part of their deals through accounts at clearinghouses in the block in a plan to wrestle a share of the vast market away from the City of London. The revised rules, agreed early on Wednesday, will force EU-based banks trading quantities of contracts that are deemed systemic by regulators to send a minimum amount of business to an EU clearinghouse. The next story is from Bloomberg. The headline, U.S. commercial real estate contagion is now moving to Europe. Bonds on Deutsche PBB suffer over banks' property exposure. Warning signals from U.S. to Asia have multiplied recently. The troubles in the U.S. commercial property market, which have already hit banks in New York and Japan, moved to Europe this week, elevating fears about broader contagion. The latest victim was Germany's Deutsche Flandbriefbank AG, which saw its bonds slump on concern about its exposure to the sector. It responded by issuing an unscheduled statement Wednesday that it had increased provisions because of the, quote, persistent weakness of the real estate markets, unquote. It described the current turmoil as the, quote, greatest real estate crisis since the financial crisis, unquote. Here's another story, this one from Bloomberg. The headline, Faster U.S. Stock Trading Has Currency Market Anchor CLS on Edge. An estimated $65 billion of trades could miss a faster cutoff. CLS says around a third of asset managers not ready for shift. CLS, the world's largest foreign exchange settlement firm, is racing to figure out a way to get the $7.5 trillion a day currency market ready for a huge change to trading in U.S. stocks. The U.S. is less than four months from introducing what's known as T plus one, when it will half the time it takes to complete equity transactions to just one day. The move will leave the world of foreign exchange, where trades typically take two days to complete, out of step. Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast for February 8th, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News, the home of MarketsWiki and MarketsWiki Education. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. Prometheum announced it will offer custody services for Ethereum Ether ETH token. Once live, ETH can be custodied at Prometheum Capital, which is subject to U.S. federal security laws, marking the first time ETH will be custodied at a FINRA member firm and an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Additionally, Prometheum's sign-up process is now active for institutional clients, including asset management firms, hedge funds, registered investment advisors, RIAs, banks, and other financial institutions. In anticipation of the platform's custodial services launch in the first quarter of 2024. Thinking 
Crypto interviewed Prometheum co-CEO and co-founder Aaron Kaplan in a podcast titled Prometheum's Ethereum Custody Launch, Crypto Strategy, SEC, and FINRA Approvals with Aaron Kaplan. Backfiled amended form S3 registration statements with the SEC to issue up to $150 million of registered securities aiming to raise capital for its long-term vision. Back also needs to amend its third quarter 2023 10Q to update its business risk, excluding new products or markets without a track record. Coindesk's take on this was a story titled Crypto Firm Back Warns It Might Not Be Able to Remain in Business. The latest version of the game Where's Waldo is Where Are the Chinese Bitcoin Miners? Since China banned it in 2021, Chinese Bitcoin miners have been on the move. Their latest destination is Ethiopia, according to a Bloomberg story. Bloomberg reports that January marked the warmest on record, with temperatures nearly 1.7 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial average, continuing a trend of record-breaking temperatures for the eighth consecutive month, according to Europe's Earth Observation Agency, Copernicus. Bloomberg said, quote, Thermometer readings were well above the average of the past three decades in southern Europe, eastern Canada, northwestern Africa, the Middle East, and Central Asia. Unquote. Personally, I remember freezing my butt off in January in Chicago. JLN is continuing to convert its Open Outcry Traders History Project videos to audio podcasts, and the latest one is with Tom Gould. The story is titled, Open Out Cry Traders History Project Podcast, From Trading Floors to Life's Crossroads, Tom Gould's Journey Through Trading and Giving Back. Patrick Young's latest episode of IPO Vid featured Brad Schaefer, whom Young described as a polygot commodities trader, maestro musician, and celebrated columnist extraordinaire. The title of the episode is, from the floor to the future with Brad Schaefer. Inspired by the latest CFTC advisory notice rewritten by Little Orphan Annie about AI won't turn trading bots into money machines, I asked ChatGBT and Cupid to rewrite the CFTC notice, CFTC customer advisory alerts app and social media users to financial romance fraud. The Cupid ChatGBT version can be found with a link in today's newsletter. I really liked the conclusion of the piece and contact information. For more information on how to protect yourself from financial romance fraud, visit the CFTC's website or contact the OCEO directly. Together we can spread love, not scams, this Valentine's Day. Contact Cupid, care of Commodity Futures Trading Commission. Phone 1-800-CUPID-LOVE. Women Enlisted Derivatives or Wild is offering a Zoom event on February 20th titled Show Up, Stand Out, Breakthrough Part 2, a founder and CEO's authentic leadership journey. 
with Speaker Odessa Jenkins, the CEO of Bonfire and founder of the Women's National Football Conference. This is the follow-up to Jenkins' first session with Wild on January 9th, which prompted so many questions it sparked the need for more time to learn about Jenkins' advancements and even more time for Q&A. Registration is available with the link in today's newsletter. And for those that missed part one, there is a video available with a link in today's newsletter. The Eurex Derivatives Forum Frankfurt takes place February 28th to 29th, 2024. This is a leading European event focused on trading and clearing for derivatives across asset classes. Participants can join the forum either in Frankfurt or by viewing selected slots on the Eurex virtual platform. Joining online is free. An ESG Innovation Lab workshop will feature moderated roundtable discussions, including how to enrich your client relations by integrating sustainability topics, the linkage of positive contribution and products, circular commodity exchange, new asset classes on the horizon, a Deutsche Börse Network Initiative. Learn more and register with the link in today's newsletter. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were Get to Know OCC's Operational Risk Management and Controls Team from OCC, Traders Boost Bearish China Options Bets Even as Stocks Surge from Bloomberg, and The Significance of Theta for Options, Options 101 from Yahoo Finance. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. Here's our podcast, Open Up Cry Traders History Project Podcast, From Trading Floors to Life's Crossroads, Tom Gould's Journey Through Trading and Giving Back. In this podcast version of the Open Outcry Traders History Project video interview, Tom Gould reflects on his trading career and the life-changing experience of a heart attack that led him to give back to the community. Gould's journey began unexpectedly when he took a summer job at the Chicago Board Options Exchange and then, after a second summer, received a call from his boss with an offer to forgo law school and join the Chicago Board Options Exchange, CBOE. His time on the trading floor had been eye-opening, filled with excitement and learning opportunities, so he took the job. You can listen to this podcast on johnlothiannews.com. Here's a story from, here's a piece from Catton. SEC broadens dealer definition. On February 6, 2024, the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, adopted two new rules that expand who may be considered a dealer or a government securities dealer under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, as amended Exchange Act, and be required to register in such capacity. The new rules depart significantly from decades of established precedent distinguishing between dealer activity necessitating registration and trader activity that does not. The SEC adopted new rules in a controversial 3-2 to vote. 
As background, the Exchange Act defines the term dealer as any person engaged in the business of buying and selling securities for such person's own account through a broker or otherwise. In addition, the Exchange Act excludes from the dealer definition any person that buys or sells securities for such person's own account, either individually or in a fiduciary capacity, but not as a part of a regular business. The Exchange Act also sets forth parallel language applicable to government securities dealers. My comment. I know a lot of dealers who don't advertise. Their business is all word of mouth. It's a different commodity being sold. But here's a press release from CCP Global. The Global Association of Central Counterparties, CCCP Global, CCP Global releases the Quick Access Transparency Links, QATL, template for CCPs. CCP Global, the Global Association of Central Counterparties, releases the Quick Access Transparency Links, QATL, disclosures template to enhance accessibility to existing CCP disclosures. To enhance clearing participants' existing access and for ease of reference to CCP disclosures, today CCP Global officially announced the release of the QATL template. This document provides a series of links to CCP's rulebooks and disclosures in accordance with CCP Global's template format, the QATL template. The information contained in this document will be compiled by the CCP for general informational purposes in order to enhance the accessibility of information from a CCP's documents. While some relevant CCP rules may be discussed, hyperlinked to, or referred to in the QATL template, all matters and information provided is subject to and superseded by the specific CCP's rules and disclosures. It is advised that the current versions of the CCP's rules and disclosures should always be consulted and are those that should be relied upon by the CCP's participants. My comment. I think this QATL is a bunch of bull. Here's another story, this one from the Wall Street Journal. The headline, Sports gambling is a growing money laundering risk. U.S. says cautionary note comes as Americans get ready to bet more than ever on the Super Bowl. Online sports gambling poses an increasing risk of money laundering, the U.S. Treasury Department said in a warning that comes as a record number of Americans are expected to place bets on the coming Super Bowl. The rapid growth of the sports betting sector and a lack of uniform regulations contribute to significant and increasing money laundering risks, the Treasury said Wednesday as part of an expansive report on money laundering concerns. My comment, what better time to launder some money in sports betting than the Super Bowl week when billions of dollars are being bet? Here are the top three stories from Wednesday's JLN. 
Our most clicked item Wednesday was, once again, Intercontinental Exchange reports January 2024 statistics from Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE. Second was, SEC increases oversight for hedge funds, high-speed traders from the Wall Street Journal. And third was the John Lothian News video, Options Discovery Episode 29, Understanding the Foundations to Become a Successful Options Trader, Mark Esposito, Options Mentor at Macmillan Analysis Corps, discusses this and more with Jalen's Esma Awas. Here are the top three stories from the lead section of today's JLN. First, an advisory from the CFTC. CFTC Customer Advisory alerts app and social media users to financial romance fraud. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission's Office of Customer Education and Outreach, OCEO, today issued a customer advisory alerting dating slash messaging app and social media users to a scam asking for financial support or giving investment advice using the platforms. Just in time for Valentine's Day, the customer advisory, six warning signs of online financial romance frauds, reminds app and social media users to be wary of texts and messages from strangers that promote cryptocurrency investments. The texts could actually be from international criminal organizations. These criminal organizations trick victims into investing money in cryptocurrency or foreign currency scams only to defraud them. The scam can take advantage of even the savviest investors because fraudsters develop relationships with their victims through weeks of seemingly authentic text messaging conversations, a practice known as grooming. The financial grooming gangs refer to this fraud as Shazupan, or pig butchering. Here's another story, this one from CNN. Cybercriminals raked in record $1.1 billion in ransom payments in 2023. Cybercriminals extorted a record $1.1 billion in ransom payments from victim organizations around the world last year, despite U.S. government efforts to cut off their money flows, crypto tracking firm Chain Analysis said in a report released Wednesday. The surge in ransom payments, which nearly doubled the $567 million by chain analysis in 2022, coincided with a major escalation in the frequency, scope, and volume of attacks, the New York-based firm said. After the FBI announced an operation that thwarted $130 million in ransom payments for several months in 2022, a variety of cyber criminal groups have struck U.S. casinos, hospitals, and schools in 2023 and have sometimes collected big payouts. Here's a story from Bloomberg. The headline, A Hedge Fund Manager's Guide to Handling GOP Attacks on ESG. Man Group CIO says talks with GOP clients look at financials. ESG investing is under ongoing attack in Republican states. The best defense against Republican attacks on ESG is to persuade naysayers that the investing strategy can actually help financial performance, according to the chief investment officer 
for Responsible Investment at Man Group. The world's largest publicly traded hedge fund doesn't screen for environmental, social, or governance risks, quote, just to try to make the world a better place, unquote. Rob Furtick, Man Group's CIO overseeing its ESG assets, said at a panel hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence in London on Thursday, quote, we do it because we think it improves our investment process, unquote. Here's a story from the Wall Street Journal. The headline, UBS Wells Fargo invest in NASDAQ-backed market for pre-IPO shares. More banks are backing NASDAQ private market, a trading platform for shares in companies that haven't yet gone public. UBS, Wells Fargo, and PNB Paribas are among the new investors in NASDAQ private market, the venture said as it announced the closing of a $62.4 million funding round. Trading giant DRW Holdings also joined as an investor. NASDAQ spun out NASDAQ private market into a separate company in 2021. The venture is hoping that Wall Street banks can help steer deals into its marketplace. Existing investors include Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Citigroup. Here's another story, this one from Reuters. The headline, Trade Station to Pay $3 Million to Settle Charges from SEC, States Over Unregistered Crypto Product. Cryptocurrency platform TradeStation Crypto will pay $3 million to settle charges from the U.S. securities regulator and multiple states that it offered and sold unregistered securities through an interest-earning program. TradeStation failed to register its crypto lending product that allowed U.S. investors to deposit or purchase assets on TradeStation's platform in exchange for yield. The Securities and Exchange Commission said the product was offered to customers beginning in 2020 and was shut down in 2022. Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast for February 9th, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News, the home of MarketsWiki and MarketsWiki Education. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. SIBO Global Markets announced the election of Aaron Mansfield, former managing director and global regulatory relations and policy at Barclays, and Cecilia Mayo, global chief product officer at Equifax, Inc., as new members of its board of directors. Additionally, Joe Ratterman, has chosen to step down from the board of directors of SIBO Global Markets. Ratterman joined the SIBO board in 2017, following the BATS Global Markets acquisition. Moreover, SIBO's board of directors has declared a quarterly cash dividend of $0.55 per share of common stock for the first quarter of 2024. Miami International Holdings, Inc., or MIH, released its January 2024 trading results showcasing growth across its exchange subsidiaries. MyX, MyX Pearl, and MyX Emerald, along with the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, or MGEX, total multi-listed monthly options volume for the MyX Exchange Group 
surged to 140.5 million contracts, marking a 3.7% year-over-year increase and a 9.5% rise from December 2023. Myex Pearl equities volume notably spiked by 105.3% year-over-year, reaching 4.6 billion shares, with a market share of 1.9% in January 2024. Additionally, MGEX experienced a 32.9% year-over-year increase in monthly volume, totaling 220,026 contracts. How big a deal is this artificial intelligence thing? It is big. Let me put it in perspective for you. Because of NVIDIA's development and production of graphics processing units, GPUs, that are widely used in AI applications, its market value has surged to match the entirety of the Chinese stock market represented by the H shares of the Hong Kong stock market, a point highlighted by Michael Harnett, a Bank of America strategist. Additionally, NVIDIA's $600 billion increase in market capitalization over the past two months equals the entire market capitalization of Tesla. This surge comes as NVIDIA's stock has soared by 228% over the last year, contrasting sharply with the 26% decline in the Hang Seng Index in Hong Kong, Market Watch reported. Now take in this headline from the Wall Street Journal. Sam Altman seeks trillions of dollars to reshape business of chips and AI, with the subheadline Open AI Chief Pursues Investors, including the UAE, for a project possibly requiring up to $7 trillion. To give you some comparison, the journal said, global sales of chips were $527 billion last year and are expected to rise to $1 trillion annually by 2030. So $7 trillion takes things to a whole new level. Disclosure, I own some NVIDIA shares in my IRA. Yesterday, Joe Rea of AVAX Technologies was the guest on Trevor Rose's podcast. The episode, number 160 of Trevor Rose's podcast, is titled, Joe Rea, AVAX Technologies, Building a New Commodities Exchange, Futures, Contracts, and LNG, the Investment Case in Plain Sight. Join Wilmer Hale on February 15, 2024, for the Cryptocurrently webinar series, where it will look into the recent approval of 11 spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Wilmer Hale Partner and Blockchain and Cryptocurrency Working Group Co-Chair Tiffany J. Smith and Amy Doberman and Special Counsel Joseph Toner will be joined by Chris Mata of the 3IQ Digital Assets to explore the significance of these landmark approvals and their implications for the industry. Register now with the link in today's newsletter.
Yesterday was the 114th anniversary of the founding of Boy Scouts of America. My daughter Kat is currently interviewing for a job with a BSA council in Ohio to be its camping director. She is graduating from University of West Virginia Institute of Technology in May with a degree in Adventure Recreation Management. She will also be at the FIA Boca Conference this year for the fifth year in a row, providing JLN with video production support. JLN has 24 interviews at FIA Boca set up with 12 of them scheduled. If you are interested, let me know. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were options traders wagers that MetaShares will double again from Bloomberg. Open Outcry Traders History Project podcast from trading floors to life's crossroads. Tom Gould's journey through trading and giving back from John Lothian News. And two trading ideas from Tasty Live. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. Here's a story from the Financial Times. The headline, Climate Scientist Wins $1 Million in Defamation Case Against Right-Wing Bloggers. Michael Mann had sued writers for attacks launched on his work. A prominent climate scientist who was accused by right-wing bloggers of academic fraud and compared to a notorious child molester has won more than $1 million in damages, ending a 12-year defamation case closely watched by campaigners. Michael Mann, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania who achieved a degree of fame in the late 1990s for his hockey stick graph predicting a sharp rise in global temperatures, had sued writers Rand Simberg and Mark Stein, as well as their respective publishers, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, Think Tank, and conservative magazine National Review. My comment. Twelve years is a long time to seek justice, but your reputation is priceless. Here are the top three stories from Thursday's JLN. Our top story Thursday was Coates poaches UBS executive after Farage debanking scandal from the Financial Times. Second was Chinese Bitcoin miners find a new crypto haven in Ethiopia from Bloomberg. Third was a tie between crypto firm Back warns it might not be able to remain in business from Coindesk and Thinking Crypto's video interview with Prometheum founder and co-CEO Aaron Kaplan. Here are the top three stories from the lead section of today's JLN. The first story is from the Wall Street Journal. The headline, Hong Kong Exchange CEO to depart earlier than planned. Hong Kong's benchmark stock index has declined 7.6% so far this year, making it one of the worst performers in Asia. Nicholas Aguzin will step down as the head of Hong Kong's stock exchange three months earlier than planned, as the Asian financial hub struggles with an initial public offering drought and a market downturn. Hong Kong exchanges and clearings said Friday that Aguzin will leave the company at the end of February 
adding that he had informed the board that, quote, he believes it would be in the interest of Hong Kong exchange to accelerate the change in leadership, unquote. Aguzin's term was to end in May after he said in December that he wouldn't seek reappointment. And then here's another story, this one from the Financial Times. The headline, Deutsche Börse's chief deeply concerned about the rise of German far-right comments from top executive underline mounting unease within business community over resurgent AFD. The head of the German stock exchange has said he is, quote, deeply concerned, unquote, about the rise of far-right politics in the country, warning that it threatens the future of EU markets. If they were successful, that would be fatal, not for our democracies, but for Germany and Europe as key financial centers, Theodore Weimer, chief executive of Deutsche Börse Group, said on Thursday. The far-right alternative for German party said last month told the Financial Times that it saw Brexit as a model and, if elected, would hold a referendum on membership of the EU. Alice Weidel, leader of the AFD, also said her government would seek to curb the power of the European Commission. Here's another story, this one from Bloomberg. The headline, New SEC rule will impair the world's most important market. The agency's new regulations, an attempt to fix its past mistakes, will likely lead to excess volatility in U.S. government securities during times of stress. Never mind the dense 247 pages, just the title of Securities and Exchange Commission's new rule concerning trading of U.S. Treasuries, deemed the world's most important market, will make your eyes glaze over. Further definition of as a part of a regular business in the definition of dealer and government securities dealer in connection with certain liquidity providers, unquote. But regardless of what the SEC calls it, this is a classic example of regulatory creep. We're grateful for your attentive listening to the John Lothian News Daily Update. Please spread the word about our podcast among your friends. We would greatly appreciate it if you could spare a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform on which you access this podcast. Your reviews play a crucial role in introducing our content to new listeners. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the daily John Lothian newsletter email yet, you can enjoy a complimentary 90-day trial by visiting johnlothiannews.com forward slash trial. Thank you for your valued support. Have a great day and stay safe and treat people the same way you want to be treated, with respect, equality, and justice. This has been John Lothian. Goodbye. This podcast has been produced by Andrew Lothian.